Angles and Proximity. Hello and welcome my fellow officials to the Art of Officiating with Joe Forte. Today's episode, we're going to do a deep dive into two areas of play calling, proximity and angles. However, before we do so, we must define proximity and angles and how it relates to our play calling, not only in primary, but secondary areas of coverage. When you look up the word proximity, the definition will say that it is an area that is near to, to you, nearness in place, closeness. When you look up the definition of angle, it is the space within two lines or three lines or even more from a common point. It can also be used as a viewpoint, as in looking at, looking at something from your angle. So now, let's get into this deep dive as proximity and angles relate to our play calling. It is interesting to know that when you think about analyzing a basketball game from a statistical point of view, you'll see that there's two glaring things in my opinion. One is when referees blow their whistle, they are correct like 98, 97, 98% of the time. That's a, that's, a, that's a tremendous average. However, in a basketball game, NCIs, no calls incorrect, are like 7 to 11 in a basketball game. Now, you have to ask yourself, why is that number so high? Now, I know that you might be saying, well, who's analyzing these games? Or do you have observers that are breaking down the plays? And who's to say that they're correct? Well, that's true to a point. However, I know when I was in the NBA, the NBA hired people that would break down our tapes. And if there was something that was questionable, they would go to higher management for an opinion. But for the most part, they were pretty right on their observations. Um, maybe they were off a play or two. But the point is that NCIs are still too high in a basketball game. Now, on the collegiate level, maybe that number is perhaps a little too high because of the evaluations of, of game tapes, I really don't know. However, it's safe to say that even if it's six or seven, in my opinion, that's too high. Now, there's a reason for this. 
and I get back to proximity and angles. For an example, and also, it's a mindset. It's a mindset. So let me give you an example. And I'm sure this has happened to you in many of your games. Let's just say with 2.30 to go in the first half, we have a drive to the basket from strong side. And there is considerable amount of contact on the play. In fact, the contact, whether it be the offensive player or the defensive player, was illegal. Now, the lead doesn't have a whistle on the play. And he is the closest official to the play. So you ask yourself, why didn't he have a whistle? The trail, who is furthest from the play, had a great angle. He had a great angle. His field of vision to the play was perfect. He sees the illegal contact. However, he does not blow his whistle. So, the official that is closest to the play doesn't necessarily have the best angle to the play. It could be the official furthest from the play. So let's evaluate why the lead official didn't have a whistle on the play. That we are deeming to be illegal contact, whether it was from the offensive player or the defensive player. It was illegal contact and we needed a whistle. Go back to what I said earlier. When the referee blows his whistle, we are correct 98% of the time. So you know he didn't see the play, otherwise he would have put air in the whistle. Now, why didn't he see the play? Oh, there's several reasons why. Maybe he was closed down and didn't get an outside-in look. Uh, perhaps uh, a, a player just happened to walk or run right by him, which blocked his field of vision to the play. So there's reasons why he didn't see the play or he missed the play. However, the trail's mentality is this, and this is what we have to get away from. He sees the play, and in his mind, he says, oh, lead passed on the play. I'm passing on the play. No, wrong. You cannot pass on this play. If there is no whistle from the lead, you have to assume and we're talking about illegal contact now. We're not talking about marginal contact. Okay? You have to assume that he wasn't in a position to see it. He might have gotten blocked out. He didn't have an outside-in look. 
The point is, he didn't blow the whistle. Your cadence of your whistle should now be sounded. You see the play, you have no call from the lead, enough contact, bang, pop the whistle. You cannot merge proximity and angles together. They have to be separate identities. They have to be divorced from each other. Okay? So you have to understand this when you're refereeing a basketball game. You can't merge the two. They have to be separate. So now you go in the locker room and Guido in the lead says, guys, 2.30, first half, we have this play. Jones from XYU University goes down the lane and bang, the next thing I know, he's on the floor. He had, did he get fouled? He had to get fouled. Well, Enzo, you were in the trail, right? Yes, I was. Did you see the play? Yes, I did. Well, why didn't you have a whistle? Well, I thought you were passing on the play, so I passed on the play. No, Enzo. You have to call that play. There is no passing on this. There is no merging of the two. Proximity and angles are separate. You always have to understand that you can be the furthest official from a play, but you have the greatest angle on the play. Therefore, put air in the whistle and we will cut down on NCIs. We are really good when we blow the whistle. So we have to change our mindset. Now, when you talk about no calls incorrect and the large number that we have in a basketball game, where do you think these plays originate from? Are they plays resulting from violations like traveling? Are they plays that result from illegal back screens? Are they plays that are rebounding plays? Well, they could be some of all of the above that I just mentioned. However, the majority of NCIs results in plays going to the basket, either from slot side or the elbow on strong side going to the basket. Slot side drives, elbow drives, weak side and strong side. All right, if we know this and we have identified these areas, how do we correct it? Well, now that we know that they're placed to the basket and they're coming from certain areas. We have to be intelligent in our 
vision of the court. For example, let's say we are on a strong side and the ball now goes to the top of the key, passed over to the weak side. The lead now rotates over to ball side. The slot, who has a great angle on the play, offensive player and defensive player, he doesn't make any position adjustment because he doesn't need to. He has a perfect view of the play. Now the ball gets passed down into the low post. As that trail official starts moving into the center po position, he must open up his peripheral vision and recognize where the ball is, low post opposite, knowing that there is a great possibility that that player turns, curls into the lane, away from the lead, and now there's illegal contact on the inside. That trail to new slot must call that play. You start anticipating what that low post player is going to do. Now you might say, yeah, Joe, but doesn't he have the referee as secondary? That is true. However, this is why I say you have to be smart with your vision. When you're coming down into that slot and that ball's on the opposite low post, take a peek at the defenders. What are they doing? They are now favoring the lane, have an understanding of where the ball is, because if that player beats his primary defender, he is going to have weak side defensive help. That's what coaches coach. So you have no competitive matchup in your secondary. The ball's on the other side of the court. So you take your eyes up over the defenders, into the low post, shared responsibility with the lead, and get that play curling. Now, let's just say that we have a drive from slot side to the basket. Slot side drive to the basket. We want that lead to pinch the paint. Pinch the paint. We want that trail to take a step or two in. Engage in the play. Just because you are the furthest official from the play, you may have the perfect angle to see the foul. Therefore, you must call it. When you have slot drives to the basket, 
the offensive player's back is screening out the slot official. It is very difficult for the slot to get in a position where he can see through the play. Therefore, we need help. We need help from the lead, and we need help from the trail. Don't allow proximity to referee to play. Even though you're the closest official to the play, you might have the worst angle because you weren't able to make a position adjustment. You didn't get the angle. There's all kinds of reasons why. So as we work as a crew, we must understand this. When we have a drive, elbow, strong side, to the basket, once again, we need that trail to step down to engage. We need that lead to have a good outside look. And we need that slot official. Get off of that sideline. Take a step or two towards the play. Get engaged with the play because you will have an angle across the lane which opens up to you. The defenders are not going to be a concern in your area because they are going to have what? Weak side defensive help. Understand this. It's like you're the quarterback. All the players are in front of you, and you can see. You go back on the pass, and you can see zone defense on the left, man-to-man coverage on the right. I recognize it. I go to man-to-man coverage with my pass. It's the same principle. When we have a jump shot at the elbow opposite the slot, furthest official from the play, looking across the lane. He has a great view to see if the defender elevated to the ball or not. The trail has a tough time with that play. He he has to get around the corner to look through it. It's difficult. If he goes up high and more on the court, he gets stacked. He has a hard time getting down in front of that play or at least equal with it to referee the defender. Therefore, we need help from the slot. Who is the closest official? The trail. Who probably had a worse view of it? The trail. Who had a better and greater angle? The slot. So when you know these areas, where the NCIs are coming from, then you will be able to help out, change your mindset, okay? He didn't pass on the play. Your partner probably didn't see the play. Therefore, you have to blow it. Do not merge the two. They are separate identities, two separate aspects of officiating, play calling. In the next couple of days, I am going to post some plays showing you 
exactly what we talked about today. Okay? We will let you know when those plays are going to be published so you can view them. And remember, the art of officiating will only be as great as you help us with your support and your donations. So please, donate to the art of officiating so we can continue to operate at a high level of excellence. Your donation will come back to you in a treasure chest of knowledge. Thank you for your support. I wish all of you the very best, and may all your calls be the correct, correct calls. Good day 